I mean, nothing looks straight here. No homo. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the surfaces, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. Queer as fuck. <laughs> That's the intro. <laughs> Welcome back to the Cario Podcast, where we give you the truth and sometimes nothing but the truth. Anyways, only sometimes? Wow. Only sometimes. <laughs> well, we love our audience, right? And most of our audience is goal-oriented, right? And uh, one of the common goals that everyone has is to achieve financial freedom, the elusive financial freedom, right? Mm. And as luck would have it, we have someone here who actually has achieved it. So I figured might as well pick his brain a bit and... The main two topics we're going to cover today is like, you know, the journey to financial freedom plus goal setting and how they're linked together. Right now, they might not feel or might not seem that they're entirely linked. But to kick it off with the financial freedom thing, like my, my main first question, right? Like, I remember we've talked about this and it's such a buzzword. Yeah. Right. It could mean you're a gazillionaire to a billionaire <laughs> to a millionaire to yeah. a whatever heir. So what actually is financial freedom and what does it mean? I mean... It is a bit of a conflict I have here because I like the term financial freedom, like taken by itself, financial freedom is a really good term, I think is a better term than, you know, getting rich or wealthy or anything like that. Because to me, the purpose of making more money is freedom. So it basically implies that in the name, right? So because if you just say, oh, I want to I wanna be rich, it's like, in a way, there's an infinite chase because you could always always be richer no matter how rich you are right? right whereas financial freedom is more like an achievable goal like you know when you have it and and obviously what freedom means to each individual might be different but it's like that's the goal i had in mind like i want to be financially free um rather than i want to be rich right and so it really like so for me what it means is i think the main thing is Freedom from worrying about money. Hmm. That, that's, to me, one of the biggest things, right? Because, yeah, when I was broke, and I have, I have relatively extensive experience with being broke too, right? <laughs> right. That, that's one of the things. It's just like money was constantly on my mind, right? And the, you know, one of the most important steps for me for financial freedom is, was when I no longer had to look at the price tags of everything. So... For me, I still remember this, right? One of the things I hated most about being broke, right? Apart from all these, all the stuff, you know, the uncertainty. This is very unpleasant if you're like not sure if you can pay the bills next month and this kind of stuff, right? But something that bothered me so much is like going grocery shopping and, and having to look at the price of everything. And always doing this math in your head. It's like, okay, ideally I'd like to have things that are healthy and tasty, but also it has to be filling and as cheap as possible. Like how... How much fillingness can I give myself for the lowest possible price? Yeah. And, and being like, well, I'd really like to make this dish, but oh, it looks like the price of spinach went up, so I should not buy spinach right now. That, that, that kind of thing, you know? Uh, I hated that. And for me, that was also something that was kind of a driving thing. Like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. And that's something that was a huge thing for me. Like, I don't know the price of food. Right? I, I honestly don't know. You know, if someone says, oh, I don't know. It seems like mushrooms are expensive. I have no idea. I have no idea if mushrooms are expensive or I basically do not know the price of grocery items. Uh, and, and that's very deliberate, right? It's like I, <laughs> I have right. the freedom to just, I just buy what I want and it doesn't matter. 
Um, and although I want to add to that, right, in aggregate, I know exactly how much I spend on food because I do track my expenses, right? So I can tell you exactly how much I've spent on food every single month for the last 10 years or something. Um, but I want to be clear about that. Those are two separate things. So, right. you know, I, I buy whatever I want. I see the total and I log the total. And I don't care. I don't go, oh, that's a bit much. I don't care. Right. right. It's simply that I do want to have control over my finances, but I've, I've, you know, it would take some it would take something insane for me to see a number on the grocery bill that makes me go, oh, this is a problem. <laughs> I need to I need to control this, right? So just to be clear, I'm not talking about like blindly spending money, but I don't have to worry about the price of groceries. Um, and for me, that that was a really significant step actually in financial freedom, right? And obviously, that's far from rich. But that right. was really important to me. And then beyond that, what financial freedom means for me is also just like, well, I want to have the freedom to you know, basically do the things I want to do, right? Like the next step, you know, I, I remember that for a long time, I didn't go to a gym even though I wanted to because it was too expensive. Whereas nowadays, I go to whatever gym I want. If it's expensive, it doesn't matter. I go anyway, right? Right. And then this, and then that extends to like more and more expensive stuff, such as travel, right? I can travel basically anywhere I want, anytime I want. Don't really have to worry about the price of that. And that's also something where, you know, that it took a long time for me to start doing that. But eventually I got to a level where I'm like, okay, I'm actually going to start spending money on um, like where I live, right? Instead of trying to find like the cheapest rental or something, trying to find the cheapest hotel, like what I'll do now is, um, well, you know, for the place I live, it's like, it's not the cheapest place I could have found, hmm. but it's in a good location. It has enough space for me to have a home gym and stuff like that. And yes, that's, that comes at a real premium, right? But for me, that's worth it. And having the freedom to do that, again, I think of it in, in terms of freedom, right? It's like, I would like to have a home gym and, you know, it doesn't, just an area at home where I can exercise and move and so on. And having the freedom to say, well, I'm going to spend the money that that costs instead of having to make a compromise and say, like, okay, um, maybe I can have a little gym area here, but then I don't have a living room or something. Yeah. You know, It's like, no, I can have both, right? Yeah. And it's just like the, the ability to say, this is important to me and I can spend the money on it. I don't constantly have to compromise. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically what financial yeah. freedom means to me. Yeah. Like that, the last thing you just mentioned, I was just going to highlight that. So I think the like a clear distinction here is that you don't spend your money recklessly, but you also like being in a position where you don't want to have to think about the things that are important to you, or how much they cost. Exactly. And whatnot, right. Okay. And it is, you know, it is in a way, it's about priorities because you could say it's a trade-off, right? So something, for example, I've never spent money on cars, which is right. on, on the one hand, you know, I've spent most of my time living in Europe and Asia and cars are, you know, in America is like a, you have to have a car in most places, I think. So there's also a cultural difference. So for a lot of time, including now, I don't have a, I don't own a car right now. Right. Um, because it just, it just wouldn't be that useful to me. And it's not an important enough thing. And it's certainly, you know, the only car I ever owned was like a 10 year old third hand Honda, right? Which I loved. Brilliant car, loved it, drove it all over Europe, right? Um, but this was not a status symbol, believe me. Right. <laughs> it's, um, so, and, and I liked that about it too. 
But I, I mentioned this because, you know, I've never owned a sports car. I've never owned, I've never owned a status symbol car. And that's, I think, mm. something we often associate with wealth, right? Yeah. You have a super fancy car. And it's like, look, I could have afforded a status symbol car, I don't know, years ago, right? For the first time. And, but think about what would have happened if I had decided as soon as possible, I have to have a Beamer or a Mercedes or something, or I have to be seen in this thing. And then as soon as possible, as my income grows, it's like, as soon as possible, it has to be a sports car, right? It has to be yeah. a Ferrari or something like that, right? To really show who I am yeah, <laughs> essentially, yeah. right? It's like, yes, I could have afforded that. I could be driving a sports car right now. But if I had done that over the years, you know, what would I have not done? instead of that, right? Mm. Because just to be clear, like I'm not a billionaire. I'm not someone who can say, well, I have a private jet and 10 sports cars and a private island and I still have more money than I can ever spend, right? I'm not that rich. Right, right. Um, so, but I could have, if, if I had fallen into that trap, let's say, I could have, you could have been seeing me driving around in sports cars and living in mansions. Then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I probably couldn't have afforded, right? Right. Um, and instead, what I chose to do is I chose to live a relatively frugal life. I chose to do a lot of traveling and I chose to have a constantly growing net worth instead of, you know, mm. a, a steady net worth where I'm just constantly or spending constantly everything declining on net yeah, worth, or constantly yeah. declining where, where I need to make more. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where I'm just spending it on sports cars, which is another reason, like one of the reasons why I've essentially, I've always been interested in having a rising net worth is because that essentially just extends my runway. And that gives mm. me more freedom. So again, it, you can think of it as instead of having a sports car in the garage, I have a 10 year longer runway where if all my income disappeared right now, that's an extra 10 years that I could just keep living without yeah. having to worry about money. That's to me, I'd rather have, I'd rather have a 10 year runway and a shitty Honda <laughs> than, than a one year runway and a Ferrari. That's fair. No, you just remind me. Apparently, when Microsoft initially took off, right, Bill Gates was so fearful that, okay, this went off so fast, it might go away just as fast, right, that he would, he hoarded, I think, one year's worth of salary for every single employee in the company. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then it, eventually, like, they calmed him down, like, Bill, walk away from the money, like, we'll handle it. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so the things that you're saying, like, clearly the cars were not important to you, yeah. right? That's why you didn't, you, you didn't spend your money on it. I guess if it's important to you, then you would, but you have to make that decision for yourself, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So from, like, I just heard you describe the experience of being financially free, right? Mm. Actually, one more question that came up is, how did you keep the ego out of it? Because the status symbol stuff, like, it can be very tempting, I imagine. It's like, oh, mm. let me get the Rolex or, or whatever, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I think, the, I think the short answer to that is self-development. Because... Like, why do people get this stuff? Like, and, and listen, I'm not judging anyone for, for, for getting stuff like this. Um, if you, like, I also understand the appeal of certain very expensive things, such as supercars. I understand the appeal of just like, this is a super highly engineered, or this is like top tier engineering. It's a masterpiece, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And there's something really appealing about that. And I can imagine that, for example, for watches, which is something I, I really don't, couldn't care less about, right? But I, I kind of get it if someone's like, look, this watch here is like this handcrafted masterpiece and there's something appealing to that. And I'm mentioning this because I do get, look, for example, um, I've spent not, not a fortune or anything, but I've spent some money on handsmith real swords, right? 
And a sword is something that is just like this is this object that is meaningful to me and I love the craftsmanship and so on, right? So I, and do I need a sword? No. <laughs> right? So I understand the idea of like spending money on something, even unreasonable amounts of money on something, just because it's personally appealing to you. So I'm not saying this is wrong to do, right? But the question is, what are the reasons why you're doing it? And so for me, like I never felt tempted to buy cars or Rolexes or other conspicuous cons consumption things. Because actually, think about it, right? That's one of the key differences in my priorities where I'm saying, look, instead of buying all this stuff, I simply build my savings and my investment portfolio, right? So there's like this invisible number that nobody but me knows about. Yeah, and doesn't need to know about. And, and I don't want anyone to know yeah. about it, right? <laughs> I don't want people to know my net worth. But there's this invisible number that I'm growing. That's meaningful to me because, again, that's freedom. That's runway. That's less worry, right? And I choose to do that, which is the least conspicuous thing. Like I said, I don't want anyone to know that, right? It would be a real problem if someone found that mm. other than my accountant, right? Of course, yeah. So, so, and think about that. Like, I'm making that choice to instead of invest or instead of put my money into things that are, that are visible, that show the world, look, I've made it. I'm instead putting it into this thing that nobody knows about except yeah. me and my account. So, which means that I don't, I don't spend my money on trying to like get validation or anything like that. Okay. And, and I think that that's often the trap that people fall into. You know, you want, you end up buying the sports car or whatever it is, and not because you really want that car. And certainly not because that car is actually worth that much more, you know, mm. because at the end of the day, you just drive from A to B, which I did in my shitty Honda as well. Right. Right. So you're not, you're not buying it because you need it or because you're really getting that value out of it. You're buying it because you want to be seen with this car. And probably you're buying it, like I think a lot of it comes down to essentially like status and mate seeking, right? right. You're like, well, if I have the car and the watch and so on, then I'm going to get the women. So, and for me, instead of doing that, I did self-development, <laughs> right? Mm. Where I'm like, hold on. If there's a part of me that thinks I need validation, thinks that I need other people to look at me and be like, oh my God, this guy's so cool. Why is that? What's going on here? Unpacking that, like doing the work on myself, like doing the introspective work to get to the bottom of that and say, hold on, if I want to be more confident, if I want people to admire me, if I want, if I want women in my life, something like that, how can I develop myself to get that yeah. instead of trying to buy something that gets it for me? And for me, this is also really important because, look, when it comes to dating specifically, like I always make sure to, like, look, I try to be as authentic as possible. But one of the things I manage is I try to make sure that I don't come off as someone who's wealthy. Mm. I don't want her to think, oh, this guy has money. Right. Because if she thinks, oh, this guy has money, then I'm immediately like, well, is she interested in me or does she want or my money? money yeah. <laughs> right? It's so true. that's a problem. So... Again, this is, but this, I arrived at this through introspection. I know that for me, if I were to roll up somewhere with the expensive watch and the car and whatnot, and that gets me female attention, I know that I wouldn't enjoy that because I'd immediately think, hold on, mm. <laughs> do you actually like me, <laughs> right? Yeah, good point. I mean, that's arguably worse, right? Because you never know. Like, uh, I think that's where you kind of fall into the trap of keeping up with the Joneses, right? Totally, yeah. Like you, you pull up with the Ferrari, next guy pulls up with the Rolls Royce, <laughs> yeah. and now the girls are there like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, right? 
And you just reminded me of one more thing. Um, like your answer that self-development is uh, how you remove the ego, right? Or like manage the ego, I suppose. Yeah. I don't think you can remove it. You reminded me of something like Tony Robbins used to say, or still says, I guess. He said, money doesn't change people. It makes you more of who you are. Right. right? So regardless of your success and you know financial success whatever i think you would still have been the same person right well i i was How already you... doing self-development yeah. right so Just without the honda i guess <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah without the honda <laughs> tragic <laughs> um i mean i was i was already doing self-development and and yeah so i i do think it's an amplifying factor especially you know i think the key point is like if you're if you're insecure and bad with women then you're just going to be an insecure, bad with him and guy with a Bugatti, right? It's yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. It's with that. access to gold diggers. Who yeah, exactly. With digging gold away. diggers who are, who are then, yeah, doing all kinds of stuff. So it's like, again, for me, through introspection, through asking myself, essentially, I'm trying to take a closer look at like urges, fears, motivations, and so on that I have mm. and unpack like, what do I really want? And, and then come to a decision about how to get what I want that is in line with my goals. Um, because again, like for me, even though, you know, and I'm no doubt that it can help if you, if you have visible status symbols, I'm sure it can help, right? Uh, with the, with the whole mating and dating game. But to me, I also know, because I've thought about this, I, I know that I would rather be someone who has developed himself, who has become, you know, charismatic and charming and confident enough to, to play the game without any accessories, essentially. Yeah. That's, I would rather be that guy. And again, and have a longer runway. Right? right, yeah. That's, and so really, I guess what I'm getting at here is that the key thing, and I think what's been a huge um, benefit for me in my life is that I have really self-determined goals. And, and I have no motivation at all to keep up with the Joneses, right? So right. it's like this kind of thing where it's like, oh, but this other guy has the thing and I don't, you know, my neighbor has a nice, I don't care. I don't care at all because what matters to me is what, what are my goals or the things that matter to me, right? Mm. And because that's so self-determined, I think that has two important consequences. The first being that I get more satisfaction out of the goals I reach because they're my goals, not someone else's, right? right? And the second being that I made it much easier for myself to succeed by having very clearly defined own goals. Mm. Because, so, you know, one of the things, again, with the idea of I want to have a growing net worth, I want to extend my runway, and also I want to be like adventurous, I want to see the world. That's one of the reasons why a long time ago now, um, pretty early on in my entrepreneurial career, I moved from Switzerland to Romania. And I moved to Romania almost on a whim. I chose it almost at random on a map where it's just like, well, cheap living cost. You know? Done, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I, you know, that was kind of deliberate. I deliberately didn't go to somewhere I already knew. I didn't go to somewhere where I have like family and friends and whatnot. I, I wanted to go somewhere new where it's like, this is an adventure. You know, just being here is an adventure, right? Right, one-way ticket. Let's go figure it out. Exactly, yeah. And think about how much freedom I gained from, so moving from Switzerland to Romania immediately um, reduced my living costs by something like 70% or something like huge, right? Like wow. in terms of rent, like I was paying, I think I was paying less than half in rent um, as I was before, right? Once I moved to Romania and 
my Romanian friends were all like, all like you're paying way too much. <laughs> <laughs> but I lived in an apartment that was bigger. I went from, you know, living in a shared flat and my share of it was, I, don't, I can't remember, but it was, you know, let's say over $1,000 to paying something like $600 a month for this, you know, pretty nice apartment, pretty well located. Basically, I was like, this is a great apartment. Brilliant, right? Right. Um, you know, huge savings plus huge upgrade in, in living situation. And at the same time, you know, people in Romania were like, dude, you could have had something way cheaper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so even the upgrade was still... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> still lower than below your means, I suppose, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And so... Actually, I just want to quickly add something. Yeah. So the principle that you just said here, right? Like, I know this is important to you is like, you want your expenses to be trailing far, far, far beyond your income. Yeah. And the principles that he's, that he's uh, mentioning right now, they're all, you know, nicely packaged in a fantastic course called <laughs> a Cario Wealth Building course, a cario.com slash wealth building. I'm going to leave a link to it down below as well. Uh, but yeah, it's a game changer. And he goes yeah. into detail and unpacks everything. So. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about some principles here that I think are, are useful to know for the for the how to step by step how to become financially free in the next five to ten years, we have a free class for that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So, so we're in Romania. Yeah, we're so, paying six hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, so I'm in Romania. Um, ended up sharing that flat with someone too. So then that cut my expenses in half again, right? So amazing. <laughs> anyway, so just to to get an idea of like how big the difference is, right? Um, and and think about how much freedom this gave me. Again, with my goal being financial freedom, right? It gave me so much freedom because suddenly my expenses are so much lower. So I can invest more in my business. I can save more. Basically, every dollar I earn goes further. Plus, I'm giving myself like the adventure and the travel that I've been wanting. Mm. You know, instead of saying to myself, oh, I've got to make all this money first and then I can travel. I'm like, well, let's just travel to somewhere super cheap and live there. Right. And, and get the thing right away. Um, and it, it was a great decision for me to make. And also in terms of, you know, in terms of like feeling financially free, I think that was probably like the highlight of my life, basically. Right. Because I remember moving out of my apartment in Switzerland, which was a pain in the ass, you know, as it usually is, you know, spent days and days like cleaning and also throwing loads of stuff out because I had to reduce everything I owned down to what fits into a suitcase. Wow. So I spent a lot of time just throwing stuff out. Um, and that's where actually having a car would have been useful because it was a lot of like manual labor, right? I, I, I had to like manually bring stuff over to the like to the trash collection uh, point and whatnot. So it's like days and days of hard work. And I literally went directly from like I handed the keys to the landlord and hopped on the train <laughs> that left for Romania, right? Or well, it was like several stations, you know, several stops on the way. Um, and it was a long journey and I ended up almost missing my, my station like in the middle of the night and whatnot, you know. And even on the train, I already met some people, uh, you know, that was already adventurous, just like <laughs> taking right. a train out there. Uh, yeah, literally one-way ticket, right? Arrive in Romania in a place I've never been before. And I had one contact there, which was the guy I had contacted in advance, a real estate agent where I was like, listen, I'm going to arrive and I want an apartment, right? And... I arrive at, at like three or four in the morning and, and, you know, I'm wondering about like trying to figure out where things are, you know, so it's like maybe 
I don't know, let's say it's five in the morning by the time it, by the time I found the center, <laughs> dragging my suitcase behind me, right? And then I'm like, okay, well, I have an appointment with this guy at like nine or 10. Right. And uh, what do I do until then? Well, there's like a McDonald's open. The only thing that's open is a McDonald's, right? <laughs> so I go in the McDonald's and sit there. Again, with, with my suitcase <laughs> and everything, right? <laughs> sit there for a few hours waiting for, for the real estate agent. Then he shows me around. He shows me like four or five apartments. And the same day, I'm like, okay, I want this one. And like, can I move in now? <laughs> and he's like, uh, wait. <laughs> so <laughs> we bro, didn't expect suitcase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, look, see my setup, dude. I'm ready to move in now. Um, and he's like, okay, well, I think we'll need like two or three days. Right. Uh, because it was like they were literally just finishing up the construction still. Yeah. Um, or the, the renovation or whatever. And so then it was like, well, okay, can you drive me to a hotel, basically? Right? Can you recommend a hotel? She's so like, all right, I'll drop you off at a hotel. Go there, book a room for a few nights, and then, you know, drag my suitcase up to that room. And I, this is something I really distinctly remember, you know, arriving in that hotel room after like super frantic, you know, weeks of clearing everything out. And it was also relatively shortly like after a breakup. And then this crazy trip and almost not sleeping for God knows how long and so on. Then I arrive in this hotel room after all this and just be, just the feeling of like, okay, that for the next like two or three days, I just have nothing to do. Hmm. And I'm in a completely new place. Um, and it's, the, you know, this feeling of this is a fresh start. Right. And that feeling of freedom, like, okay, I've just done all this stuff. I've just gotten all this work behind me and, and my whole future ahead of me in a way as well, right? Where it's like, but that freedom of for the next two days, I just have no obligations. I can explore this new place. I can do whatever I want. Wow. And that freedom and, you know, knowing that. So at this point, I was living off of my income from my businesses, right? So knowing that, you know, I don't have to look for a job and I don't have to, I'm not like burning down savings or something. It's like, no, I'm here and I can stay here or I can go somewhere else if I want, right? Right. And just to be clear, like at this point, I wasn't wealthy right i was a millionaire yet right and so it wasn't like oh yeah i just have all this money i can do whatever the fuck yeah. i want it's, it's more like i have enough income to be able to live here and live in many other places um in the world and i know that you know and i'm on a growth trajectory so it's like things are looking good right yeah that is what i mean by financial freedom i'm not in that kind of scarcity where it's like oh my god what if you know what if i lose this job what if something goes wrong you know to me, that was like the moment where I'm like, yes, now I'm free. Mm. Yeah, I was just going to ask. This was like the I made it moment, right? Totally. Or something that like snapped it into reality. Yeah. Okay. yeah. In that moment, I felt free. And so to tie it back into what I was saying before. First of all, I got massive satisfaction out of this because I had reached some milestones that I had determined for myself, right? Not because I saw it on social media and I'm like, oh, if I post this, I might get likes or something. No. Right. Not because anyone else had told me this is what you should do, but because I had decided this is what I want. I had reached my own milestone. So massively satisfying. But secondly, it was I made it so much easier for me to achieve that by not following some external goal. Right. It would have been taken way longer to get to a mansion and a Ferrari. Yeah, for sure. And it would have been less satisfying because I don't actually care that much about mansions or Ferraris. Yeah. Like another thing back to Tony Robbins, another thing he says like you can never get enough of what you don't want. Right? Yeah. So, for example, like you keep eating junk food 
and you still feel hungry and you want to keep going and going and going because your body actually doesn't want it. You can yeah. never have enough of what you don't want. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's you have to be really careful about um, where your goals are coming from and not taking on goals that you don't actually want. Right. Okay, so you've painted the picture, right? What it, what it means to be free. And for the most part, this was self-determined. Yeah. Oh, actually, an excellent point you brought up was the social media thing. I think now, I think you, you, you came up in the last decade, right? So social media was just becoming a thing. And also, you generally don't use social media, so you're not really, yeah. I would assume you're not afflicted by it, right? But, like, I can for sure say, like, the FOMO is real. Like, I see my yeah. friends there in Bali and, like, traveling and all this stuff. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> right? So, but yeah, uh, that adds to the social pressure, right? Yeah. So you mentioned external goals. Like, what are some yeah. of the sources of these externally imposed goals? I mean, I think that nowadays, social media is probably the strongest source of that. Right. And it's, it's a really perverse system if you think about it, right? Because it, everything, it's like user-generated and engagement-optimized. So everyone's incentivized to create a spectacle um, which makes everyone else feel FOMO and makes the person creating the spectacle feel like shit because they're portraying a life they don't actually live, right? Right. So it's a, it's a pretty fucked up system. But even before social media, this, you know, there was always an abundance of messaging about what, you're, what you ought to want. You know, like the, this whole like consumerism thing. Like, look, you can see that even... You can see it, sometimes it's pretty blatant, right? You watch a James Bond movie or something and it's like, you know, the camera lingers on his watch yeah. a bit too long, yeah. you know, just to make sure that you see the brand or whatever. Um, and this, this whole, this, you know, this portrayal of, look, you, sh you ought to be this kind of man and wear this expensive suit and this expensive watch and drive this car and look at this woman. And also a lot of the stuff, you know, and you stay at the super expensive hotel and you drink all this alcohol and all this kind of, it's, it's so consumer focused. And this kind of thing is actually quite common in, and that's kind of an obvious example. It's blatant. It's like, yeah. look at all this rich people shit, right? But it's also in lots of other ways, like the media you consume, it always has like this implied wealth. Okay. Right. It's so common that there's implied wealth. Um, and it's just like, so basically we've been force fed these ideas about what you ought to want, what you ought to do. And a lot of it is like very deliberately consumerism, right? It's almost right. like the, the, the market has laid out a perfect path of stuff to buy for you in order to get what you want, right? It's like, oh, at this age, you need to buy this shit. And then you need to buy all this stuff to attract a woman. And then you need to buy her a diamond, which is super expensive. And then you need to spend all this money on the wedding. And then you need to spend, it's, it's like basically all laid out for you, right? Yeah. All the shit you have to spend money on. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's about status, all right? I think people are basically obsessed with status. And right. This is not, I'm not saying, oh, people oughtn't be. It's, this is, we are biologically yeah. like that. It's but, our nature, yeah. Yeah, it's in our nature. It's in our nature to be obsessed with status. So, okay, that's just how it is. Um, but consumerism latches onto that and says, oh, you want status and happiness and, and all this kind of stuff? Well, here are the things you need to buy in order to get it. So even before social media, there was a lot of that. And I think that's just something where, for me, it's like mostly I just want to opt out of it. I just don't yeah. want to have anything to do with that. And that's one of the reasons why I'm not a social media user as well. Because I don't want to spend my time and energy on that and get fed all this nonsense, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't want to be prescriptive here, right? I don't want to make the impression that I'm telling people, oh, 
you should not want this and you should want that instead. Basically, because if you if you just copy my goals, you have the same problem. You know, if you just think, oh, I need to I need to want what Jane wants because that's better somehow, you'll have the same problem. It's someone else's goal, right? Now you're chasing someone else's goal. So, so my point is don't do that and really determine what it is that you want. Because look, if, if, that's what, if you want the, the, the cars and the mansions and the private jets and stuff, that's, that's fine. If it's really what you want, and it's also an actions and consequences thing, right? We've talked about that before. You, know, you cannot choose an action without choosing its consequences. And similarly, obviously, if you, if you set yourself goals that are extremely expensive, then that comes with consequences. And that might mean that you just have to work harder for longer before you get the thing you want. Whereas for me, I got the thing I wanted. You know, the thing I wanted most, which is freedom, I got in my early 20s, right? Right. If my goal was, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be satisfied until I have a private island and a, and a garage full of supercars, I'd still be working on that. Right. I looked this up before, the, before we started recording. The average Bugatti customer, right? Like their, <laughs> their ideal customer profile. Uh-huh. Before they buy their first Bugatti, owns 84 cars, <laughs> three jets, and one yacht. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> the thing that blew my mind is that that demographic exists, large enough for it to be like their average customer, right? Yeah, that's so, insane, dude. I mean, it exists, right? But the thing you're, you're getting at is you, didn't, you basically were able to resist these external influences, right? Yeah. And one thing that I can think of uh, is a lot of it came through self-development and introspection. So how would, like somebody listening right now, they're like, you know what, that sounds great. Okay, yeah. fine. So you're, taking the, you're allowing me or giving me the permission rather to take the pressure off myself. I don't need the yacht or whatever. And then the next question becomes, well, how does one practically do that? Yeah. So... I think a good exercise to start would be to like take a piece of paper, take a pen and paper and ask yourself, what are my goals? What do I want? And write that down at the, at the top. Right? What are my goals? What do I want? Those are basically just two ways to ask the same question. And then write down everything that comes to mind. Absolutely everything. Don't stop writing. Right. Just every single idea that comes out, write everything down. And keep going until you run, like, until you really feel like I'm empty now. There's no, there's nothing else. So write down also ridiculous stuff. Uh, doesn't matter. Mm. <laughs> okay. Anything that comes up is fair game. So you're, you're basically doing like a, a brain dump. Yeah, right? I was gonna say yeah. So and once you've done that, look at that list and you can start marking stuff off, because you might, if you go through this list, you can ask yourself, well, is this my goal? You know, and, it, and you might find that there's stuff that's, no, this is actually someone else's goal, okay? So, look, an example, a typical example would be that you go, I want, to, I want to be a surgeon. It's like, I don't want to be a surgeon. My dad wants me to be a surgeon, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be a typical thing where you can see that. There's maybe this story in your head, like, I have to become a surgeon. This is so important, right? But actually, I don't want it. Um, another example that I think I've mentioned in previous conversations as well, it's like, look, I learned for myself that I have, I have zero interest in one night stands. I've, I've had one one night stand in my life. I immediately was like, I don't want this. Hmm. <laughs> this is not for me. And that's important because look, there's this narrative, like as a man, you should yeah. want to fuck everything that moves basically. 
and you know oh if you're a stud like you should pull a girl every time you go out and stuff like that and i'm not saying that's wrong if if that's what you want and it makes you happy go Give for it, it yeah. right i know that for me even though there's essentially like there's an external story that says you should want this you mm. know one night stands with a different babe every night is super cool not to me sorry i don't want this shit right and that's what i mean by so i might write down oh i want to have sex with all these women and it's like hold on do i actually want that or is that just some kind of cultural programming that tells me i want that right right and and the same for every example like go through that list and be like is it is this something i want or is this someone else's story is this some mm. external thing like identifying the source of these goals right like yeah. where are they coming from oh that's my dad that's society yeah. this yeah. is yeah like i want a db9 no i don't that's james bond yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly so and then and you can also and then you can see you know what are you left with right when you cross out everything that's not really your own right um you could even use like the idea the uh god i forgot her name just now you know it's like a discard everything that doesn't spark joy you know the, the miracle of the, the miracle of what is it cleaning or something uh it's japanese oh. it's japanese one what's her name Wait, Maria Marie Kondo. Kondo. Marie Kondo. There you go. Yeah. Yes, Marie Kondo. Right. <laughs> That's such a nice phrase. Right. If it doesn't spark joy, discard it. Get rid of it. Good stuff. Right. You can do that with your goals. Right. So, and you can see what's left. And you can also, if you have goals, um, and you can maybe do that with the stuff that's left. You can ask yourself, well, why do I want this? You can see, you know, is there something behind this that I actually want? Hmm. Because then again, you can you can maybe. Maybe you've told yourself a story that I need to have this career and this thing and I need to, whatever it is, you have like a list of criteria where you say, once I have this, then someone will love me. Or it's like, what you actually want, you don't want all this shit. You want to yeah. be loved, right? Yeah, this is like, uh, was it Toyota? Whoever originated the five whys, mm -hmm. ask why five times, right? right? Until you get, that's usually how long it takes to get to the real thing you want, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and that's also something that I would encourage you in, to do in writing is to write down the thing, right? Why do I want this? And, and keep digging, right? And that's how, and look, this is, if you do this in one sitting, this could take hours. Right. I didn't do this in one sitting. This is something that I've done over years, right? Where I'm just constantly introspect. I mean, I'm constantly asking myself these questions. I'm constantly wrestling with these things, right? And so over time, I have great clarity about what do I actually want and what's someone else's idea. Uh, so that's that's what I would recommend to do. Yeah, so this is an exercise in like, it's almost like a meta-analysis of yourself and what you want and why you want it, right? Yeah. And Okay. So, hmm. Getting to understand who you really are. Because then the more of that you can be, the happier you, you are, right? Well, and, th and that's a whole other thing, right? It's like, in general, the stuff is not going to be that important and it's probably not going to give you what you think it gives you. Mm. Uh, this is also something, you know, I'm, I'm glad I came across this when I was very young. So I think in my teens, I remember like reading an article that said, oh, you know, research shows that people who spend their money on experiences are happier than people who spent their money on stuff. Right. I remember reading that and being like, you know what? I should take this to heart, you know, I should actually do this. And I did. <laughs> and so, and you know, overall, um, you know, I mean, very recently, this is the most expensive thing that I've bought, right? The most expensive thing I spent money on in, in a long time was a trip, basically a culinary trip to Copenhagen with friends, where we went to Copenhagen, we ate at the best restaurant in the world, and then at a bunch of other high-end places. Nice. And I spent time in a beautiful city with people I love, 
eating amazing food and you know hotel and flights and so on this is expensive yeah okay? of course this is like i said it's the most money i've spent on anything in a pretty long time and i, I can't show it to you i can't be like look, look at this oh look at this thing yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> no this it's it's gone basically it's done yeah but i know that if i had taken that money and spent it on a watch right that wouldn't make me nearly as happy as having yeah. had that experience well there's diminishing returns right and as soon as you see the, the next watch come out yeah. you're like oh <laughs> What I really want is the new one. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The reason I'm not happy yet is yeah. because I haven't upgraded yet. Yeah. And also the thing with experiences, right? Like, these are memories and moments, right? Like you look back and you just get filled with joy. Like yeah. that cannot be replaced every time. Like why are pictures so important? You look back at them and you're like, man, oh my God, I forgot about this. It was so yeah, much fun. Yeah. Right? Like that sort of feeling comes up you never look at your old rolex and be like when i bought it i was so excited yeah. like no yeah. you just think oh and and also the the experience you know shared experiences deepens your friendships so that's also the the present benefit you get out of it is like you you become closer and closer and like tighter with those people you have shared experiences with right so and again like that that's just another example where i was looking at you know what do i like questioning, what do I want, right? If you ask why often enough, you're just like, well, I'd like to have a good life. I'd like to be happy. Right. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to spend more time feeling good, less time feeling bad. And this is something that I've deliberately internalized where I'm always like, listen, first of all, if prioritize spending money on shared experiences, not on stuff. And also like, I like stuff, okay? I like stuff. But whenever I buy stuff, I always remind myself, listen, you don't need this. You realize that you don't need this, right? Mm. Okay, yes. <laughs> but for example, right, I, I bought, I upgraded my laptop long before I needed to. Right. But when I make that purchase decision, there's a couple of things going on. First of all, I don't buy the most expensive one just because I can, mm. right? Even though I could afford it, no problem. It's like, there's no point. Well, that's reckless spending. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not going to get it, you know, the, the extra 10% of performance I'm never going to use, you know? <laughs> True. <laughs> and so it's like, no, actually, I'm going to buy like a mid-range version of this thing. But I'm also like, this literally my inner dialogue is like, listen, remember, this is not going to make you happy. Yeah. This, this is not going to, it's just a thing, right? Yeah. And then you look at the price tag and it's like, are you going to spend this on a thing that you don't really need? And if you're like, yeah, that's fine. I buy it. The other thing is that I also deliberately, like the flip side of it is I deliberately enjoy the things that I have, right? Mm. So like with the laptop, every once in a while, I'll just be like, fuck, this is cool. <laughs> right, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like remind myself, of, this is so much better than the laptop I had like five years ago, right? How crazy is it that, you know, the, the amount of progress we've experienced here, right? Uh, or things like, I've mentioned this before as well, I've spent quite a lot of money on headphones. Yeah. But like I spend, you know, I will sit there and just like listen to the music on these headphones. And it's just, oh, it's so good, right? <laughs> so I'm also, in a way, on the one hand, I am telling myself and reminding myself, this stuff doesn't make you happy, you don't need it. On the other hand, I'm also being deliberate about actually enjoying it, not just not just becoming immediately accustomed to it, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, and then complaining about it, ah, oh, this is a piece of shit, right? No. This is awesome. Think about how awesome this is compared to a much cheaper thing or a thing yeah. that you wish you had when you were much younger or something like that, you know? So you're using the tool to facilitate the experience, right? Basically, yeah. yeah. And 
with the laptop, I'm just going to say, like, they're Apple laptops that you're talking about, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the reason I bring that up is because they also go hard on the, this is a status symbol. It's not just a technology thing. So that's why I wanted to bring that up. Like, Man. Even there. <laughs> yeah. It's actually interesting, right? That's one of the things that made me hesitant about switching to the Apple ecosystem. Oh, yeah. Because but, um, I would... And you know, when I got the iPhone, I immediately slapped like a case on it that doesn't look like an iPhone case and stuff. <laughs> I, I, because I don't want people to think, oh, this guy has the new iPhone. Yeah. Um, and even like with the watch, I would love it if they sold an Apple watch. It just looks like a knockoff. It's just the <laughs> Apple watch, but it looks like it's not. I would buy that immediately. Um, and it, you know, even I, I then I ended up not doing it because it's too much bother. But you know, I was in the beginning, I was like, okay, can I put like a skin on the laptop and stuff to cover the Apple? I would rather not have people see me using Apple products just because Apple products are a status symbol, basically. Right. Well, when it comes to the phones, you're in luck. They basically release the same shit every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, You can't tell if yeah. it's like five years old, right? Yeah. We're saying that because like later today is the event, right? So we're yeah. excited to see <laughs> We're to excited make to them. see the same yeah. phone again. <laughs> can't wait. And more expensive. Anyways, we're deviating. Okay, so we're talking about goals, getting down to like the bare bones of what you want and why you want it, right? Yeah. Okay. So another qu question that comes up, actually, before I go there, one line I kind of want to draw or mm. need your help drawing. We're talking about financial freedom, right? And we ended up somewhere around, you know, the ballpark of happiness. Yeah. Now, the main thing, I know you don't believe this. That's why I'm bringing it up. Like, how do you draw the line between the two? Yeah. Right? Like, you're not saying being financially successful and free leads no. to happiness. No, but I think that's actually that's actually a great way to frame it because, look, Money is one of those things that if you don't have it, it is extremely bad for your happiness. Right. I mean, it's horrible. It is horrible to be stuck in poverty in some kind of a debt spiral, right? It is absolutely debil debilitating. And you can talk all day long about, oh, you know, you don't need things. You can be happy. But yeah, okay, be happy when you're under crushing debt and you're always like you know, two weeks away from losing the, your shelter, right? The only place where you can live and stuff. It is horrible. So I think that's, like, that's one of the reasons why money is important. Like, you need to get to that point where you're not constantly worrying about money. That is, it's so bad for you mentally. It's bad for you physically even, right? It's bad, yeah. it's bad for your physical health. So, but that threshold is pretty low, right? The, the threshold where you can say, like, look, I'm secure enough to where it's not just constantly bothering me anymore. That is pretty low. Um, of course, you can make that, make that worse for yourself by making kids a lot. You know, if you make a lot of kids yeah. when you're still broke, well, you're just, you're just moving that goalpost down the field, right? So I, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> well, that's also an older ideology, right? Especially in like the poor and developing nations. It was like the philosophy behind it was like, oh, the more kids we have, the more breadwinners we have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like in the immediate, you know, or the next 18 years, yeah. you got to feed like fucking 12 miles. Yeah, and it is, it is a cultural thing, right? Because obviously if you're a hunter-gatherer or something, this creature becomes a breadwinner much sooner than if you're, or even like, you know, um, not too long ago, you know, you'd have kids working on the farms from a pretty young age, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it uh, still happens. Yeah. And... But here, in the, in the culture that we live in, uh, that's not the case. Right. And it is more of a financial burden. So anyway. Okay, so lack of money is bad for, basically bad all around. It's right? just bad all around, man. Yeah. It's just terrible. But like I said, all I really wanted to say is like, okay, you know, if you're, if you're a single person, right, um, 
that doesn't have or if you just just you as yourself not having to take care of other people essentially mm. the the it's a fairly close goal to get to the point where it's like okay i can afford shelter i can you know pay my bills i can feed myself and i don't have to worry anymore and that's also the very basics of like getting your shit together financially is to make sure that you put yourself on that track as soon as possible right to getting to the point where it's okay i don't worry anymore and i'm on a positive trajectory right you have some you have a savings account that's slowly growing or something like that the, right. the peace of mind that, that can give you is absolutely immense right um okay so that that's the first thing beyond that there are this then a lot depends a lot on, on, on where you live and on, on other circumstances, right? Because so for example, if you live in America, it takes much more money to feel truly secure because the healthcare system can fuck you over pretty badly, right? Oh, so yeah. you can have like one case of a serious illness in your family, and even if you're pretty rich, that's that's it, right? It takes you out, yeah. Money. So uh, whereas in other places in the world, that's a completely different picture. So there's also where geographic freedom can become pretty important, right? Uh, sometimes one of the best things you can do to update your living situation and update your wealth is to move somewhere else. Uh, I, and I also think that's it's pretty, you know, it's good for a healthy society and a healthy world if people can vote with their feet, right? Just be mm. like, well, fuck this, I'm leaving. <laughs> that's very vote good. With their feet. That's funny. <laughs> so, um, so again, that's a level of freedom that if you have that level of freedom, uh, it can give you, like, it's a significant form of freedom, whether you're stuck in one place or not, right? Now, beyond that, and I think that is, if you if you think about how much money do I need to have that level of freedom, it's really not that much, right? We're, we're really not talking about, um, yeah, about millionaire numbers here. Right. So beyond that, what's the point of more money? I think that ultimately, yeah, people want to be happy, right? People want to live a good life. And it's in itself, it's not that useful to just have loads of money. And also, like we talked about, it's not that useful to just have loads of stuff. So, so then what's the point? Well, I think that, again, you have to basically come to your own conclusions about this. Right. Um, but I think that, you know, one of the things is you can fall in love with the game, right? You might fall in love with the entrepreneurial game and be like, look, money is just one of the ways to keep score, right? Yeah. I want to keep getting better at this game. And one of the ways in which I keep track is as I get better, I make more and more money. Um, and, and that's one way to like stay motivated and also one reason to keep pursuing money. It's just like, well, I want to be doing this stuff, right? It's, I want to be doing this creative work. I want to be challenging myself. I want to be getting better at this. And as a consequence of that, I, I should be making more money. And if I'm not making more money, it means that I'm slacking off somewhere. Yeah. And then what you also find, I think, you find quite a lot of um especially self-made wealthy people do this where they just go well how what positive effect do i want to have on the world and generally with more money you can have a greater positive effect right and, and whatever that is it's like oh i'm going to build schools in third world countries or i'm going to do some environmental project or whatever it is right but you just have this you have this goal where you're like i want to have this positive impact on the world and if I have $10 million, the impact is bigger than if I have $1 million. And that's what, what keeps you going, right? Right. You remind me of uh, during the rise of social media, right? I'm sure it still happens now. But have you ever seen those posts where, like, I'm raising awareness by posting about fucking climate change or whatever bullshit, right? Uh, 
So instead of being someone who's just raising awareness, yeah. you're becoming yeah. someone who's actually capable of doing something about it, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Without the chase for clout. <laughs> yeah, online. no, I think that's I think that's constantly still happening, right? You have basically like keyboard warriors who are like, I'm doing my part by being angry on Twitter. Yeah. It's like it would be great if you did your part by doing something real in the real world, you know? Yeah. Okay, let me kind of summarize and also unpack what you said, right? So the lack of money leads to pretty much bad outcomes all around, right? Yeah. Higher stress, lack of physical health, and if you have dependence, and it just uh, like a snowballing worse effect, and especially if you have like crushing debt or so. Now, the converse of that, you talked about freedom and what it allows you to have, right? So we've been talking about that for the most part. The connection that I was not able to make was how does more money lead to happiness? I guess because you can do the things you want to do. So yeah. that's what you were getting at. Okay. Yeah. I, when I, look, I think if, if we're talking purely about happiness, yeah. then you do reach diminishing returns pretty soon. Right? Like once you have enough to just pay for your basic needs and not have to worry about the future more money doesn't really make you happier. Yeah. And it's just, um, yeah, again, it, it, it makes, because even there, you know, like if you're doing work, if you're trying to do, you do charitable work or whatever, and of course you can say, well, the more money I put into this, the more impact it has. See, that's not gonna make you happier necessarily. It's more like really, you know, ultimately what makes you happy is to be engaged in something that feels meaningful. Mm, wow. And if you, if you are, and, and generally just like living your life, like being present, being present to a life that is worth living, right, is, is happiness essentially, or uh, that's, that's how I think of it essentially, right? It's like, it's also happiness is maybe not the right word to look for because I actually, I remember reading something about like people who pursue happiness tend to be less happy. <laughs> Whereas people who are just like, oh, you know, I really like, you know, I, this work is really important to me. That's what I'm pursuing. They end up being happy. And they enjoy right? the process yeah, of doing yeah. it. Okay. So, so I think at some point, this is basically why I'm talking about this kind of process-oriented stuff, right? At some point, you're not in business. You're not, you're, not, you're not working hard on your career or your business so that you can have more millions. It's, you're doing it because this is what you want to do. Mm. Uh, because, again, yeah, there's something about the process, something about playing the game that you find appealing. And if that's not the case, then I think you're always going to be a hungry ghost. Right? If you're the person who was like, okay, I have my Silicon Valley startup and I'm worth 10 million, but my neighbor is worth 50 million. <laughs> and that's why I need to make more money, right? Because I feel like a failure until I can keep up with my neighbor. Yeah. Well, guess what, right? When you reach the 50 million milestone, you're, you're going to realize that you're among the rich people neighborhoods, you're in the 50 to 100 million people neighborhood, which is really the poor people's neighborhood, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, the guy up on the hill is a billionaire, right? You're always going to be a hungry ghost seeking that thing where, again, I think what's going on there is that you really want something else. You think you need more money and a bigger mansion. And then you're like, I'm still not happy. What's going on? I think you want something else, right? Right. And I'm simply, I'm basically trying to encourage people to find out what that is and focus on that instead. For themselves, yeah. So this is where the, identify your own goals, the yeah. ones that are actually important to you. Exactly. And, and this is also why, for me, that it is financial freedom is like the goal that matters the most to me. Um, 
where basically I'm asking myself, am I free? Am I free to spend my time the way I want? Am I free to pursue the things I want? Am I free from worry about money? And as long as that's the case, everything else is just a game, right? The pursuit of further money beyond that point is just a game. Right. And how you choose to do that, like, are you fully engaged with it? Does that bring you joy essentially, right? Yeah. Because one of the things when you were mentioning, like pursuing more millions, for example, right? If the, the way that you're doing it, if it's enriching people's lives, helping people, improving their lives, making a difference, like why would you not, at no yeah. point would you ever want to stop? Exactly, right? yeah. And, and just to be clear, right, I am also pursuing more millions. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm pursuing more millions, but it's like my happiness isn't dependent on it. Right. And I'm, I'm not doing it primarily for the sake of the money. Right. I'm not trying to die with a larger number, basically. Yeah. But it's, again, for me, it's part of the game. And if my net worth is not going up, I'm like, I'm not playing this game very well. What's going on, right? And I like the challenge of it and so on. So I, I, I like playing the money game. It's not the most important game in my life, but I like right. playing it. But again, it's like, I, I just try to steer clear of the stuff that puts me on, on the hedonic treadmill, right? The hedonic treadmill being like, you're always pursuing the next thing only mm. to find that. It doesn't make you happy, so you pursue the next thing and so on forever until you die. Yeah, I'd rather not do that. So you feel like, oh, obviously it wasn't this. I need something else, right? Yeah. And by the way, like you've heard Shane reference net worth and how it's growing slowly or whatever. The reason he knows is because he tracks it, right? And the way the way you can do the same thing is by going to ikari.com/slash/wealthbuilding. All the templates and yeah. you know the lessons in the course. Uh, he goes through all of it. And there's one question that I really want to ask, but I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> because you answered in the same course it is how do you actually become financially free right yeah. so if you really want the answer to that legitimately it's all there right yeah uh, you know about about this wealth building class right obviously the reason i created this class and the reason we're giving it away for free is because money is this like important but not so important thing so it's yeah. like important that you get it sorted out so that you can focus on the other stuff in your life that matters more right and you look, I know that there is, there is a fundamental problem with this because I'm not promising that you get rich very quickly if you take this class and I'm not you know, promising the new secret dropshipping method that mm -hmm. made $500,076 last weekend and all this kind of stuff, right? So there's something that is unappealing about this idea compared to other financial finance-related stuff you see online. But let me just say this. Like, I know... I'm, I'm so certain that starting around five years from now, I'm going to start getting messages from people who are like, holy shit, I am now rich thanks to this class. I can't believe that this was free. Right. right. And I also know that, that probably more than 90% of people are not going to go through the whole class and are not going to implement what they learn. Right. But I know that some people will. Right. And right now you're listening to this you're like okay there's this free class out there like right now this is a crossroad right like you can become one of those people who a few years from now is like holy shit that free class actually made me rich i can't believe it <laughs> right right or not i just want to point that out <laughs> yeah like the emphasis on tracking right like who was this is it peter drucker what what gets measured gets yeah. managed right that's essentially true because when i started managing i'm like oh Oh shit, what am I doing? I'm an idiot, right? <laughs> things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things That's... still go down every now and then. I'm like, oh, wait, 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 hold up. Let's bring it back up, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Even just tracking your net worth is just such an important thing. It's also one of the very early things in the class. You get a free template and so on. And there's no catch, by the way. There's no upsell, right? I don't sell you the the real thing once you sign up or any bullshit like that. Basically, I want you to take care of your finances so that we can talk about other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I want to talk true. about other stuff mainly. Yeah, when you were saying, like, just get this handled, it's kind of like, it's like food, right? Yeah. It's like if you if you haven't eaten all day, your mind is constantly there. It's like, oh, I need to eat food, right? Yeah. So just taking care of this, once it's done, then you're going to be thinking of other stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, do I support climate change or not? Or, or whatever, <laughs> yeah, you know? whatever it is. You can yeah. do your Twitter activism. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, because, because like I said, and this is also, you can basically see in this conversation that I'm always, in a way, I'm always steering away from money. Yeah. Because... I think that just the pursuit of money itself is is often a shallow pursuit. And I think there's other stuff you want. And I'm very interested in all this other stuff, all this self-development stuff, right? Um, all the ways in which you can actually fulfill the needs you have without going down some kind of a consumer path. And that's what a lot of the content on Ikario is about. But yeah. the finance piece is just, it's kind of one of these basic requirements. Yeah, it's one of the foundational pillars, right? Yeah. And another thing I was going to, well, at least, that st stood out to me is like you make a deliberate effort to be more of a rounded person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not just like oh, just go for the money as hard as like yeah. the fucking Wall Street guys or whatever. Yeah, and no it, offense. <laughs> it's it's also and again that's just my that's my decision, right? If um, ultimately if there's you know if there's one takeaway from all this is I want to encourage people to make their own choices, and I think a lot of people have maybe not even considered what does that even mean. Yeah. It's like you could be following other people's life plan, including like life plans installed by marketing agencies um, without ever questioning it, right? And I think that that's probably the, the biggest takeaway is like if you, like you, you make it so much easier for yourself to have a good life if you can eliminate the noise and get down to what actually matters to you. Mm. Uh, so that's what I would encourage people to do, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the... The engagement ring thing you mentioned, right? It was a marketing campaign. It has to be, what, two or three months worth of your salary. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. They're not actually that rare. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, this stuff is installed in our brains very deliberately. And um, yeah, you should, you should yeah. go about uninstalling it. It'll make you happier, I think. Yeah. And one more principle. Keep going. But one principle that I learned from you recently is I question things you learn, right? Yeah. So like even this conversation, what is the motive or the incentive that Shane has for saying the things he just said. Why is he saying don't want the nice things or don't want the nice things you think you want? Yeah. Figure out the nice things you actually want, right? Want other nice things. Maybe I'm like secretly employed by the tourism industry <laughs> to tell you to, you know, buy plane tickets instead of Rolex watches. <laughs> this is how. That's amazing. Well, anyways, thank you so much for your time. I think that was a Fantastic conversation. We covered everything. And I hope the link between financial freedom and goal setting has been uh, clearly identified, right? And do you have any closing remarks? To... No, I think that that's all. But also, uh, obviously, yeah, go to ikario.com forward slash wealth building to get the free class on how to do this with our templates and all that stuff. And also, if you have other questions about this, whether it's on the financial part or the how to pick your own goals, how to know what you actually want part or anything else we talked about, feel free to leave a comment and you can do that. Uh, the easiest place is on YouTube. You know, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment there or 
go to ikaria.com forward slash join where you can join our free community and leave a comment there ask a question there and we will be happy to you know address questions on future episodes or write you back or something like that